even though I'm not a super into spirituality person, like I'm at least open to it. Yeah. Lately, I don't know. I've been kind of like feeling that like something has just been very different. Right. Like, like time is moving different. Like I know that like, I don't know how else to say it. I just think the world is just moving faster. The world yeah. is spinning something. Uh, this whole Mercury retrograde, whatever it was doing, it did it. Um, yeah, something in the atmosphere has just been very different, very drastically different. Uh, not necessarily in like a bad way, but just in a very noticeable way. Yeah, very. That it hasn't before, you know? Yeah, dog, definitely. Yeah. That's crazy that you say that, bro, because I feel the same way. Like, I was actually just saying today, like, something just feels a little off. Like, I don't know if it's like the weather change or just going into a whole new season or something like that, but like, I don't know. I feel like it's a transition period, but nothing is really transitioning, at least yet. Um, but yeah, I, I do firmly believe in there's something going on in the stars. Like, do I know what it is? Do I know what's the cause? No, I don't. But it's got to be some type of correlation because these things be lining up too much. Yeah. And honestly, and maybe this even brings in another aspect of it. Uh, so I was talking about. I guess now my former boss, who's now my coworker, which is interesting. Excuse me. Because he's my supervisor, but he's only, he just turned 27 today, actually. So not that much older than me. Yeah. And I was, he was just, you know, basically talking to me about, you know, what to expect as like a young professional. Because we work in an office where like, there's a lot of people that are around my age, but everyone else is like significantly older, like yeah. 10, 15, 20 years plus. Um, and we're just talking about, you know, being in the stage of life and doing the things. And I was saying how, like, I can almost feel that, like, my frontal lobe is developing, you know? Uh, yes. <laughs> and it's like, I, I, I can acknowledge that, like, I'm just starting to think about and process things and, like, the, on a different level than I have been before. Yeah. In addition to all the things that are just going on in the world, it just feels so different. Like, it's just, it's a really crazy time to be alive. And it's a really crazy point to be experiencing all of the things that are happening. Bruh, 100%. I couldn't have said that better myself. I feel like we're fully in the developed stage now. Like we're kind of done developing. Of course, our perspectives always change and stuff, but um, I don't know. It feels like this is who we're going to be for, for the rest of our lives, yeah. like brain-wise at least. Um, so yeah, I was thinking like, I don't know if it's just me becoming aware of everything going on in the world or it's just a lot of shit going on, but I'm like, so much is happening all at the same time, every single day. Like, it almost seems like too much is going on. And like, and I think about something, and this is this really just like blows my mind sometimes. Cause it's like, I remember being a kid and like, you know, I'm seeing my teachers, I'm seeing like other grownups just like going about the world and they all just seem to have it together. But then like, some kid out there is probably looking at me that way, thinking that like, oh my gosh, he right. has it all together and stuff like that. <laughs> Adulthood just looked so different. And then like, now that you're like finally experiencing it, it's just like, dang, like I'm actually, like I'm here, I'm doing things. Like, yeah, almost like an, I, I actually like exist in the world. Yeah. And like I grew up and matured, you know? Like yeah. it's so crazy to actually like fully think about that. I sound yeah. high as hell, but I promise I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no i've been talking about this with my friends recently like i had brunch with a friend who like 
she told me that in middle school, she was like, I'm going to big law. I'm going to law school. I'm going to complete it. And she just graduated from Yale law, got her bar exam and is working in big law. But then we're just like, okay, now what? So like, we've done all the things we've checked all the boxes, but adulthood is like that after part. And I think a lot of us are like planners, but we didn't plan this part. So it's just figuring out what's going on and just kind of fixing the plan. And I think Josh does his quote, fixing the plane while flying. And I feel like that's really what adulthood all is about. So I kind of feel like it's a whole deconstruction of what are our goals and what do we do from here? Like, I feel like a lot of our goals, like speaking people, our age frame, we're like, go to school, get a job, make it. And then what? Like, I feel like we're in that transition period of like, okay, we did that now what else are we going to do to like pile on top of that which Mm -hmm. is a little scary but it's also like I feel like you have the power to kind of create whatever you want to create at this point too definitely yeah and I definitely think that like on one hand definitely with our age group but I just think our the culture like American culture is always looking for the next the next thing it has to be bigger it has to be better like on one hand, yeah, I want to be like proud of this, the fact that like I'm doing the things and the, like I am the person that I once looked up to in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But like I also want to like make sure that I take time to like enjoy that too. Instead of just focusing now on like, okay, well, what's the next thing? Like, no, let me just chill and be where I am, be where my feet are, you know? I had a conversation with someone and it was about like wealth being the ability to enjoy the fruits of your labor versus always like sowing your seeds. And I think as far as time being money, right? I think a lot of that wealth aspect when it comes to time is really just being present and paying attention to what you have now and making sure that you're fully appreciating that. And I think that's using your time wisely, right? Or spending it wisely or in a healthy or wealthy pattern. So that's something I've trying to been working on lately, but like you said, it's very difficult. I think especially in this stage of our lives where we're just constantly building, it's difficult not to think about the next step in the process of that, so. Crazy, crazy, crazy thing life. Hey, I feel like um maybe we should have a whole episode where we just dive deep into like high talk, intellectual talk. Um, I don't know, trying to figure out the mysteries of the universe. Um, but I know for this episode, we do have a topic um, and we have started the episode already. And I know the listeners out there have heard an unfamiliar or should I say familiar voice. <laughs> uh, we have a special guest on the podcast today, the one and only Miss Janelle Moore. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hi. Yes. Thanks for having me back on the pod. Back on the pod. Emphasis on back on the pod, because <laughs> this is our first reoccurring guest wow. Janelle Moore was uh I think it was episode three or three or four or something that we had very early early on please be amazed y'all yes yes so, so you may know her as the aspiring abolitionist um we have her on the pod today she uh graced our podcast <laughs> on yet another day um so thank you for being here and yeah we're coming together today to just check in um we're without Matt this time who actually couldn't make it. He uh, didn't watch the movie that we are going to be discussing today, <laughs> but uh, we know that he'll get around to it eventually. But we feel like uh, Darius and I, we have enough movie talk that we'll be able to handle it on our own as, as well with this special guest that we have. So 
I guess that'll kick it off. But yeah, before we hop into things, Darius, how you doing down there in Florida? There was um hold on Hurricane Ian that came through just recently, right? Yeah. So first off, shout out. Well, I don't want to say shout out to Hurricane Ian. Uh it was definitely a natural disaster, a lot of uh, devastation. Um, but I will say that for where I am in Tallahassee, we kind of missed the worst of it. Um, by that, I mean all of it, honestly. Um, so, yeah, it was really interesting because, like, you know, they shut down Florida State. They shut us down, I think, on, like, Tuesday, actually. Um, and so I've been out of class and work all week, uh, which has been great. Uh, but, you know, there, like I said, there were definitely a lot of people affected in more so like South Florida. Um, but I will say with Florida people being who they are, have y'all seen, you know, people doing like, like uh, a lot of TikTok challenges, yes. <laughs> uh, recreating that, uh, that one Michael Jackson video? Yes. Uh, they were holding on to the trees. Yeah. People in Florida refuse to take anything seriously. Uh <laughs> natural disaster category five hurricanes included apparently uh but honestly that's that's really just been the vibe the whole time like going into when we knew there was going to be a hurricane like no one was taking it seriously um people have been planning hurricane parties um mm. where they like you know they go to the store and they get their like you know non-perishable items and stuff like that and they literally just you know ball out uh water was fine the show so was alcohol uh literally so I, I went to walmart to get water and people were buying literally just as much wine as they were water like, <laughs> it was crazy um so yeah like i said most of us in like tallahassee we missed a lot of it uh it's worse down south but even then i think a lot of people um i guess we're just kind of used to it because you know it's florida hurricanes just sort of happen a yeah. lot um, but yeah we kind of missed the most of it yeah right. No, nah, that's actually what I was wondering, too. Like, I wonder if they take it not as serious because they experience it so much, which um, leads me to the question, like, is this your first hurricane while you've been down in Tallahassee? Yeah, actually. So we've had, like, a couple of tropical storms, but yeah. this is my first, like, hurricane. And in Tallahassee, it literally didn't even rain. Jeez. And it normally rains every day at least once. But it didn't rain at all for like the last like week or so. Hmm. That's crazy. I guess it's like everyone else was just kind of sucking up the water or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it didn't get above 77. It's normally like 98 in the shade. Hmm. Very, very interesting. Excuse me, times in Tallahassee. Uh, that's honestly sounding like ideal weather to me. Like <laughs> Tallahassee might have been the spot to go during Hurricane Ian. <laughs> See weather-wise it was but then they canceled everything because of the hurricane so it was perfect weather with nothing to do with no reason to be outside so <laughs> yeah that's funny it's those days that you uh go outside and go to the park you know mm -hmm. just walk around <laughs> hey yeah did a lot of taking but that was honestly the same as up here um uh, in charlotte there were some um there was some rain for so sure like up. yeah it was some rain it was uh, a lot of like heavy winds but it wasn't anything that was like life-threatening or I didn't hear any stories of like people's homes getting flooded oh, no. but I also don't watch the news like that <laughs> so um hopefully that did not happen but 
Yeah, I think um, it was only specific areas that got hit the worst. I mm-hmm. think what was the place in Florida? The like Fort Myers. Yeah, yeah. Fort Myers. Also, um, Horry County, like Myrtle Beach in South Carolina, actually got hit pretty hard. I knew like half of the pier and IOP is gone. Like it was just random structural damage, but it didn't seem like anything in South Carolina, at least anything too, too bad. Just mm. a lot of flooding in Charleston, like always. Facts. Always. Well, no, I'm glad that uh, not too much happened in the areas that we were in. Um, <laughs> I was actually, it happened on Friday that the hurricane was supposed to be coming through. Um, I work on West Coast hours. My uh, company is based out of San Francisco. So I made sure to tell everybody, hey, there's a uh, a hurricane coming through. So if I lose power, if I lose Wi-Fi, just know that I'm uh, I'm battling through right now. Hmm. And um, even though it was a very clear day, I took a nice and easy Friday. So <laughs> had to get that form had to get that form back in reparations allegedly allegedly oh yeah allegedly <laughs> allegedly because we we don't know who listens to this podcast but you listen to this podcast and we work together um you didn't hear that <laughs> <laughs> yes sir but yeah this is um, what we're here for to discuss the woman king which is a brand new movie that came out maybe like two weeks ago or so starring viola davis and a few other notable actors, John Boega is in it. He serves as the king. Um, and yeah, I didn't really have too many expectations going into this movie. Um, kind of went in a little blind, but knowing that it was like about Africa, about a tribe in Africa. Um, outside of that, not too much at all. But I don't know. I guess we can open the conversation here. What were y'all th- y'all's thoughts on the movie? Um, your thoughts and initial rating. Mm. I initial rating are we doing on a scale of five stars Mm. yeah let's do five five stars honestly I would do like a 4.7 out of five Mm. like it was really high up for me um I think um Igoji's character Lashana Lynch is the actor out of the IMDb uh so don't think I like know this off of my head and then Nawi's character Thuso Mbedu like both of them were amazing to me she left him plays a Menza like like you said John Boyega like the cast was stacked Viola Davis of course I think the lesson was really powerful we can kind of go into this a little bit deeper later on but like healing your inner child I think we've seen a lot of healing messages out in like you know modern media and just modern movies as of right now so I think it was a really powerful take on it of course I love history I'm a history buff like that was basically my major in college so I really enjoyed the historical context and we can dive into like a little bit more of that later too but yeah 4.7 out of 5 it was really really good to me Mm, that's strong that's up there Mm what do you think of theirs um I would say my ratings, honestly, are probably somewhere between like, you know, 4.5, like you said, 4.7, very high. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, I can't think of a real crit. It did get a, a, a skosh, a little pinch, white savory at one point. Yeah, that's definitely my main criticism, too. <laughs> but literally, aside from that, like, I have no other criticisms to make, really. Um, thought it was a phenomenal movie like you said josh i didn't really go in with any expectations um honestly from the trailers it just kind of looked like another action movie and you know i haven't seen viola do action so it was excited to see yeah. that um yeah. but it ended up being so much more than that 
um, in a lot of different ways, which I'm sure we'll get into. Uh, but no, it's a fantastic movie. Cinematography, beautiful. Uh, love the story. Love the historical references. Um, yeah. No, no real complaints other than the white savior thing, but we'll get into yeah. it. Yeah. Honestly, that was the same thing for me. I feel like the white saviorness of it, um, even though they didn't go full-blown white savior, it was still a little bit there. But um, that was pretty much close to a perfect movie for mm-hmm. me. Like, I felt like everything was together and done very well. The mm-hmm. cast was amazing. Um, even how, like, the cast members, like, interacted with each other, too. Like, it seemed very authentic. Um, cinematography was great. It has me wanted to go to Africa, like, right now. Definitely. Um, I don't know. And then you have, like, an amazing performance from Viola Davis. I think she'll definitely win an Emmy, an Oscar, whatever it is, um, for this performance. All of them. Um, I think this should go up there with like her best performances ever, like what she's really known for. I feel like you got to see her whole arsenal Mm -hmm. of like um, talents on display in this one. Like you got to see her be like ferocious, like very commandeering, but also like emotional, um, motherly, Mm -hmm. um, spoiler free right there. But um, <laughs> there were a lot of different things in it that made you think, like, this is an amazing movie. So, yeah, if I had to give it a rating out of five, I would say, like, I would start at 4.7. I think I could also give it, like, a 4.8. Mm-hmm. I think you would just knock it down two points um, for the white saviorness. That and, moment. And, yeah, that was it. That was a big one for me. I also felt like um, a little bit of the plot was kind of, like, wavering. Um, not the plot, but maybe, like, who the main enemy they were going against Mm. um because for a while there it was against the other tribe that they were um kind of like in close proximity to and then they leveled up to the actual people that were taking away the slaves Mm -hmm. um so I feel like that historical accuracy is accurate there um but I think how it was displayed was a little bit I don't know lost um for me but those will be my only criticisms of it. Like we actually watched it about two or three hours ago for the second time. And it was just as good the second time as it was the first time, even picked up on a little bit more. So um, yeah, I really, really like the movie. Like if I had to add it to my like DVD collection, I certainly would. Mm-hmm. Apparently it was shot in South Africa. Mm. Interesting. I loved it. I loved it. So the um, historical accuracy of it is a piece that I definitely wanted to talk on. Um, Mm -hmm. Going into it, like I said, I didn't know too much, but being in the movie, I actually felt like all the things that were happening, like, were as they happened in the past. Um, Like, even with the actual tribe that they were giving away um, slaves or using them as trade pieces, um, I feel like that is something that isn't shown as much in history, mm-hmm. um, like the actual trade part of it and mm-hmm. how it was like economically such a powerful like thing in the world. Um, like even the, uh, I think they were Portuguese, they mentioned yeah. that they were successful because of the slave trade. So it just makes me think like, dang, how much did, how much value did these slaves bring to these countries, Mm -hmm. the countries that we see today that are huge, have all this GDP, have this booming population and stuff. It kind of seems like without the slave trade, they would not be there. So that was a little eye-opening to me. 
I was gonna jump in on that because you're right like they were Portuguese like it was a Portuguese colony but I think Malik or they mentioned that they were from Brazil like traveling from Brazil and just like a historical piece Brazil was the last country in Latin America to outlaw slavery it might be the last country in the world that was in 1888 um which you think about that like it's not too long ago at all um, and just like you said, Brazil is a powerhouse, like they're a part of BRIC, like they're one of the biggest economies in the world. I think they're top 10 for sure, if not top five. Um, if you even look at their modern day politics with like Yair Bolsonaro and just kind of like a lot of the historical tones, I think were super important. And I think also because they're Brazilian or Portuguese in regards, instead of like English or Spanish conquistadors, I think was an important differentiation, especially with the way that they were going about the trade like historically Brazilians were more malicious or more like long game instead of like kind of like a quick grab like I think we see mm -hmm. historically depicted for like English and Spanish conquistadors when it comes to the slave trade mm. interesting Janelle you seem very well researched on this topic which uh is another reason that we wanted to have you on the pod did you so you ended up studying um what in college that gave you all this knowledge yes so i studied <laughs> i studied global studies but my region focuses latin america mm. and then like more specifically i study like global conflict and security so like a lot of this in regards to like, latin american countries so i think which is really interesting like, it's very rich a lot of black history or afro-latina history is very like synonymous and very similar to us like when you think about Haiti being like the first liberated country down to Cuba and Brazil like a lot of rich context and contrast and the history shows a really cool thing to study but the slave trade was very prominent because outside of the North America like South America and Latin America was the largest depot for slave trades huge. as well so it was huge and they were kind of doing the slave trade long after we stopped so jeez yeah um I know down here in Florida because obviously, well, not obviously, uh, one thing I didn't know before I moved down here was that a lot of students aren't necessarily like African-American. Uh, there's a lot of Black students, but they're not African-American, they're Caribbean. Mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of the things that we talk about are the facts that even when you bring in like the Hispanic populations, like the only differences between some of us is literally just a stop on a boat. Mm -hmm. uh, and how very brown and very black like a lot of like south american countries like brazil uh specifically are simply because like you said you know just like how prevalent like the slave trade and whatnot was and i know here in america there are some cities there are some states that are literally still spending money that the slave trade brought in mm. so i can't imagine what this like you know other countries where they even did it longer and more brutally uh than we did here yeah definitely brazil's like I know, malicious, I think. And just kind of like, just as far as the type of labor that they were doing, because think about like the Amazon rainforest, think about like, they're producing sugarcane. A lot of the agriculture, they're producing sugarcane in Brazil, which is supposedly the most brutal of like the harvest that they were harvesting at the time to harvest at, I don't know, I said harvest like three times, but I couldn't think of, I couldn't think of another agriculture word, but it was kind of like the most prominent, um, agricultural product that they had at the time and I think a lot of the things that they were talking about in context to this but just larger is like agency versus servitude and this idea of agency being something that you have to take and something that you have to own and not something that can be given to you so I I appreciated that as far as I think he said it at the end King Gezu when, or John Boyega 
He's like, if you want to hold people on chains, you must first convince them that they deserve to be bound. I thought that was really interesting um, and like an important context, especially to be having with a slaver, like in the context mm -hmm. of the movie. Yeah, I feel like that's something that the movie did a really good job of, like showing you how much that affected the economy, like the actual trading of it. Um, you could just tell that it was something big, mm -hmm. um, something that was completely essential. Um, so I feel like the movie did a really good job of showing that side of the whole slave trade with stuff. And also that we weren't tricked into it. I think mm -hmm. like we, I think a lot of that is like, oh, they were so dumb and they were so docile that we just came in and took them. And I think knowing that we played an active role, if not a more active role in that just kind of, I think shows again, those, that mental component that isn't usually shown from mm. our perspective when you talk about these historical contexts mm. that part about being proactive with it i don't know i got stuck on that a few times while watching the movie like when you see the actual slaves like these are they're not slaves enslaved people um you could tell like okay these are real people and y'all are treating them as if it's like a good or something like that mm -hmm. like okay we're gonna load y'all into the ship we're gonna load y'all onto this carriage and just take y'all over here like these are actual real living people which of course the, all of the like bad energy towards like the people that were capturing them and taking them over to these other countries and stuff but I think it also makes you look at like these tribes that were giving away their own people yeah. and other tribes as well like Another quote Viola was saying, like, even if they're not a part of our tribe, they're still our brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that had to get to a point where you're realizing, oh, I'm hurting us in general, like the huge conglomerate of Black people, um, not just our tribe. Like, this is something that's big going on and I'm contributing to it. So um, I know towards the end of the movie, they were like, yeah, we're not doing this anymore, but think about how many lives were like given away basically for some sort of medium of trade. Um, yeah. And that's really, really eye-opening to think about. Yeah. There is no context to the modern day diaspora at that time because there was mm -hmm. no need for it. Like we were just different tribes, different people, but we were different because we didn't come from the same place. So I don't know. I think that's especially interesting. Like, even thinking about like where the actors in the movie are from mm -hmm. and then the fact that they came to tell this story that I think has really big implications for the diaspora because I know that we get into like the whole the diaspora war specifically within the black community like African Americans and Caribbeans and the Caribbeans and Africans on the actual continent and like that whole thing which is a whole nother podcast for another time but anyway um <laughs> I just think that that's super interesting because I know like Viola Davis is obviously from here. I know some of them are from uh, Britain. Some of them are from Africa. And so them, like I said, just coming together to like tell this story that mm -hmm. has such big implications. Mm -hmm. um, I think it adds another layer and another like angle of just like beauty throughout this whole thing. Definitely, definitely. The diaspora is on display, which is really <laughs> cool to see. Um, and I think uh, just like you said, I think the importance of having actors from all those different portions to tell this like very beautiful and complex story I think adds to the impact of it just because I think all those different populations that she listed off can find ownership and someone to look up to or look to in this movie and I think that's important when trying to point to the larger meaning which is that we are all one person we're all one community and like our individual actions like do have a larger impact on our brothers and sisters 
not just like that we can physically see but like widely like in the world so it was interesting Mm. no definitely um zooming back just a little bit um the movie as a whole I feel like painted black people so beautifully like we looked amazing in this movie um like everyone's skin looked dope like I loved how it was majorly or the majority were like dark-skinned black people too Mm -hmm. um and I think you were texting me Adarius whenever you were watching the movie like um I don't know if people have just gotten really good at shooting black people on screen but like you could tell that like we just look rich like powerful and stuff so I feel like that looked really really great so funny uh the director is Gina Prince Blythewood and Mm -hmm. she also directed Love and Basketball and the secret life of bees interesting she's done a lot of stuff golden girls yeah well i'm gonna have to spend all the movies that she's directed because like oh wow she did girlfriends she did a couple episodes of girlfriends and everybody hates chris and the bernie mac show cool she's got a deep bag (laughs) no for real um but yeah, the the movie was beautifully shot. Um, the actors were great. I feel like we need to take a second to talk about John Boyega. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like his character, he was probably like the wild card for me because I've seen him in a couple of different things now. I think his major role was uh, the Star Wars, um, whenever he did. Um, I think it was like The Force Awakens or something like that. Um, and he killed it in that. But to see him in this like very Black masculine role was very interesting um I feel like his performance as an actor was interesting by itself but then doubling down his character was very interesting and the dynamics behind him um being the king but kind of being like secondary for most of the movie even like tertiary sometimes like he kind of seemed like an afterthought but whenever he did have his moments like I feel like he was very impactful Plus, um, he had some great hair in this movie. Like, his hair was stacked up. Like, Definitely. He was looking great, you know? So, uh, what did y'all think about his performances? I thought he killed so, it. No, go ahead, Darius. Oh, no, you got it. No, no, go. Because I want to go into a longer, longer off-tone, I promise. Okay. Honestly, so I, my, my only major thoughts is that I liked the fact he was very much a king because that was like who his character was but he was still surrounded by strong individuals around him mm-hmm. and that didn't when it didn't diminish from his like standing as a king and it also didn't diminish that of anyone around him i felt uh because like anyone like when naniska who is uh viola davis's character whenever she wanted to talk to him like he was listening and there were sometimes where he would, you know, kind of pull the king card or whatever mm-hmm. uh, because of his position. But also she was still someone that he would take advice from and she knew that and he knew that. Um, and he just was like very open to taking advice. Uh, but again, would like very much be like the strong leader that he needed to be when he needed to be that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I just thought it was like one, a great character to a great role, especially considering, like you said, uh, his other role being the star wars movies and i know he got a lot of racist backlash for just being in that That's... even though he was literally basically a prop like mm-hmm. there's not one memorable moment of his from being in i think at least three of those movies Facts. 
Um, but you literally would think that like he was the main character by like the backlash that he got, which I guess we're kind of also seeing now with uh, Allie Bailey being in The Little Mermaid is kind of very similar to that. Maybe not quite as much, but definitely in the same like ballpark. Um, but I'm getting off topic. Anyway, <laughs> I'd like to say, glad to see Giant Boyega like being a strong black man in strong black roles and like just showing out. Mm. Definitely. All I remember from um, the Star Wars movies with him in there was him taking off his helmet. So I feel like that tracks very much. <laughs> I didn't even see it. So but I did see the backlash. I think that's a, that's along the point, right? So I don't know. I like this line that he said. And he was like, I wish for my people to prosper as those in your lands do. I thought that was really interesting. And I think uh, he said there is power in our mind our unity, our culture, if we understand that power, we will be limitless. So I mm -hmm. think I really do agree with y'all's point about when he was in the scenes, he was very impactful. I think the one-liners that he said really did hit on the theme of the movie a lot. And I think his character was that plot linchpin or that kind of ethos of the entire story. So I thought that was really cool that he got to play that role. And that also, like, I'm a big fan of John Boyega right now just because of um, his recent pop culture vibe when he put out this new interview where he was talking about how he only dates black women um and I think people definitely have a lot of things to say my friend Ruth is a journalist and she like wrote an article about it um and I think uh the byline I'm gonna botch this it was just like John Boyega only dates black women get over it so something along that line the copy editor was really snapping on that one but I thought he was really in line with that in this movie I think you really saw that I do enjoy his placement in pop culture I think he's really important in a lot of different ways but I appreciate that again like he's a strong black man who seems to really value our culture in a lot of different ways both on screen and in his real life so I'm a big fan of John Boyega he's in my top three right now top three what actors mm, okay <laughs> no, uh, no he was dope I really liked his character in this movie also his accent was great too like he said one time he, he was like you have my thanks. <laughs> and it just sounded so like regal almost. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, he really killed it. I can't wait to see like what roles he gets off of this because I honestly feel like everyone in this story, in this movie will go up after this. Like yeah. everyone was so almost like well-selected. Mm -hmm. Every everyone fit their roles. Um, I feel like there were some new coming actors and actresses in it as well. Maybe they weren't, but also I had never seen them before too. Like the main character. Yeah, Nali's um, character. Yeah, I see a very fruitful career for her going forward. Um, and yeah, this is another point that I was thinking about. It kind of seems like they're hinting towards having multiple um, installations of this movie. Definitely. Like there being a sequel or it even becoming like its own franchise in itself. Um, I feel like it was almost too much character development for all of the characters mm -hmm. for it not to be like set up as like a reoccurring thing. Um, and they all just fit so well together. Like when, um, oh, I guess we can get into some spoilers. Um, <laughs> so if you haven't uh, seen the movie, turn off the podcast right now, come back, mark your spot right now. Um, go watch the movie, of course, because it's great. We've all agreed that it's great. Um, but getting into spoilers, um, when the main character, her name is Nyandi, right? Which one? Nanisha? Nanisha. Yeah, there's so many different names in this one. Um, but yeah, when her like main rider uh, friend, she got shot in the back while they were trying to like escape. 
um you could just tell that there was like a connection between them oh, probably as actors yeah, yeah. now we was the main character um and there was like so much power on the screen mm-hmm. um whenever there was like death that occurred mm-hmm. whenever there was fighting like there was so much going on where it was like you get so connected to each of these characters like I feel like it's too easy for them to make another movie and then go deeper into this story, this uh, whole universe they have. Definitely. I really like, I have, I was telling Josh just a little bit earlier, but I definitely have a girl crush on Lashana Lynch or Ikoji um, in this movie. Wow. She killed it. Like, um, it was so cool. I think along that same lines of powerful people, I think her character was fire. Just like you said, like when she was shot in the back, I was like, literally tearing up in the movie i was like no like this can't happen but i think i definitely loved how she entered in as a mentor for all the girls like even early on and talking about just kind of binding under this one community um as what happened i don't want to watch it but um trying to think of like the name of the actual where they goji yeah goji Mm -hmm. the tribe Yeah. yeah but the warriors um Dang, I'm trying to look and see what it is. I can't see it. Anywho, but yeah, I thought she definitely did a really good job of kind of telling the story of like what the warriors were and kind of what the homemade warriors really, really meant to them. And I love the role that she played in this movie. I think she was an important piece to the whole story. And I'm excited to see where the rest of her career goes. Yeah, so kind of to that point of like the role that she played and I think that like each one of the people who were, and it is like the Agoji warriors. Mm. Um, I really liked how their discipline of like the younger warriors, it was always paired with like love and compassion too. Yep. Which I definitely think is something we don't see in a lot of movies that are about warriors. Like it's all aggression, aggression, aggression. And like, you don't see people treated as individuals. Uh, you kind of see them just get broken down and then build back up in a way that like, you know, whoever is in charge wants them to be, but like not acknowledging the fact that these people come from, some of them come from different tribes. Some of them were captives that are now fighting alongside people who uh, captured, you know, other people that they, you know, came in with. And now they're being brought into this family, into this family unit. Uh, some of them come from like horrible backgrounds and are, like, are here not necessarily because they initially wanted to, but because they didn't have another option. Like some of them have wanted to, to become warriors their entire lives. Some of them started off really soft and fragile in the beginning, but then grew to be this fierce warrior towards the end. Like all of these people are like I say, individuals. Um, and so it's just like respecting that instead of like trying to minimize those differences, uh, mm-hmm. loving and like being compassionate towards them in the midst of that while also giving them like the tough love they need when they need it. Definitely. I think going a little bit more into like the villains, I really like Santo Malik's dynamic. I think it was like another really important story within the, the story. Other, the other king? Yeah. The other tribe. Yeah. Oh, the okay. slaver and like his uh maybe brother. I think the fact that his like relation to Santo is never confirmed or denied, I think it's also important because like I think maybe Santo's father might have been Malik's father. Um, because they talked a lot about his mother, but they didn't really say much about his father or ever reveal their identity. Because I'm thinking, why else would he be there? Like, he wouldn't just have some rando, like, biracial person in that day and age with him just tagging along and they weren't related in some type of way. Um, so I think that was like an important, not stated dynamic um and I think even at the end where Malik just kind of like left him for the wolves and like mm-hmm. kind of like almost killed him I 
I think that's where the white savior thing kind of detached. And also it was kind of like back in a little bit for me. I was like, interesting that like, he kind of does it now when like all the, all the blocks are in his favor, right? He's not losing anything by getting rid of him now. Um, So it's like, he almost wasn't useful to him anymore. It was more useful for him to be black in that moment. So I don't know. I, I thought that was interesting. I think Malik's even like, were you trying to like, you know, mess up Nawi's chances, like knowing they're virgin soldiers and him being like, come back with me to England. I don't know. I, I think his like character was written to be this like good person. But for me, it mm-hmm. kind of also like represented the other side of that immorality that Viola Davis's character talks about that the whites brought over with them with the slave trade, but in like a more um, suggestive and low key sort of way, which I think was still important. Yeah. I'm going to just say, I feel like his character, his role in the movie was useless. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't add anything to the story. Um, him even being in it, like, as kind of this fair weather um, Black person, like, mixed person. I don't know. I, it kind of threw off the vibe of the movie to me because I was like, you see all these beautiful, dark-skinned Black people, and then you have him. Um yeah, I, I almost feel like they added it in there for a reason, just to add a little switch up. Um, but yeah, I felt like having him in there, that's why I had to knock off two points, because like, yeah, it did give white savior vibes a lot. Um, and then to your point, Janelle, like him at the end, turning around and saying, no, this is wrong. He didn't say that, but he was basically like, no, this is wrong. Let me break you guys' chains and stuff. It kind of seemed like, okay, well, why do you wait until now? You could have yeah. done this, like, I guess, like, two years ago, honestly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He just seemed a little, like, he was very helpful um, in certain instances. You could kind of tell his heart was in the right place, but also it just seemed like he reeked of ignorance of the whole thing. Yep. Um, and I don't know. He seemed a little complacent for me. Definitely. I feel like... Uh, they were setting it up so that he would be the white savior. And like, I remember my first watch, I was like, bruh, please don't end up like this. Um, Nawandi, I think was her name. Nawi. Nawi, yes. I'm going to get this name right. <laughs> I'm going to get it right. Um, I was like, Nawi, please don't go with this man back to England. And she ended up not going. So I feel like she made the decision that was best for her tribe, but also um, best for her. And yeah, I feel like if she did go back to England, this story would have taken it would have taken a wide turn and might have dropped down a few more points for me. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, so like what Malik reminds me of is how so you know when like something bad will happen, like when a man will do something bad to a woman, and the justification that other men will try to give is like, oh, oh she's someone's daughter, she's someone's wife, like. Mm. But now she's like a person and like is deserving of respect just for that. Right. To me, it's kind of like with Malik, and y'all kind of y'all did kind of brought it up. Like how many other people were sold into slavery that you felt nothing for? Right. That you found a romantic validation in one person. Yeah. Oh, now one's a human. Right. Like now your mom came from the same tribe as her. That should have been enough reason for you to be like, none of this is okay. Right. But you find one of these women attractive, oh, now I suddenly have a problem with this moral institution. That's a great so, You You would definitely stay with it for a little bit too long. Yeah. So, yeah. I love yeah, that. That's where like the savior thing comes in with me. And I'm just like, yeah. Mm. I love that point. 
Okay, I do want to talk a little bit more about Nawi and her character. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like her character development over the whole movie was excellent. Um, her as an actor, individually, amazing. Like, she almost looked a little, like, younger than I feel like she was portrayed in the movie. Because do y'all know, like, how old she was supposed to be or how old they were supposed to be? Was it, like... It was a varying age, yeah. I'm not sure exactly. It's maybe, like, 18 or so. Yeah, she looked young. Like, I kind of feel like she looked like maybe she was like 14 15 or so which um I was a little concerned um with the Malik scenes and stuff like that I was like apparently she's 31 there? she's 31 in real life allegedly wow she looks like she's 14 that's hey, wild. you know what they say black don't crack <laughs> that's wild um, she was born in 91 oh wait did I do that math wrong no that's right no. yeah that's what I'm saying we're, we're getting old <laughs> Um, but yeah, I feel like her character was so dynamic. Um, and then her relationship to Viola mm -hmm. um, was also such a great point, um, which another spoiler warning, if you're still here, sorry, you just got spoiled. But um, yeah, <laughs> the relationship between uh, Viola Davis's character and Nawi, her being her mom was such a plot twist. I feel like they um, they hid that like perfectly throughout the movie. Um, and even when they were revealing it, it was kind of like, whoa, where did this come from? Um, I don't think I've ever seen like such a smooth transition to a plot twist, um, like that being her daughter. Um, in hindsight, I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, the signs were definitely there. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I feel like the reveal of okay you're my daughter and like um viola her character like putting the shark tooth in her skin and that being like how she knew i've never seen anything like that before so i kind of feel like they hit the nail on the head with that one mm -hmm. i like that yeah, i've definitely seen other movies try to do that mm -hmm. and not land it as like perfectly because i and i i typically go into movies looking for stuff like that but like it just felt right. And it didn't come just like out of the clear blue sky. Like it just felt right. So I loved it. Mm -hmm. Also just like, I think the cool thing about her character, I think she kind of like talks about classism in a way that like maybe isn't talked about that much in these stories too and kind of how it plays a role. Because at the beginning of the movie, you kind of are thinking like, oh, she came from this privileged life. Like her, she had both of her parents they just gave her away maybe for like a quick buck but it's later revealed that she was just orphaned and she had all these other struggles so I think um it's kind of like not reading a book by its cover or not everyone kind of wears like their struggles like a chip on their shoulder I think like her development in that way was really interesting and kind of seeing the evolution of her character going from this spoiled young girl to like a product of like real like emotional trauma and like burden and kind of like revealing all of that and it was like a coming of age story for her, like mm -hmm. within the movie, which I thought was really vital and important, like you said, to the plot and kind of like how we all grasp it all. So it was cool. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I'm also thinking about their relationship together. You could, this is what I was talking about earlier, where it also seemed like Viola was showing that like motherly um, acting that she has. Um, you could just tell whenever uh, Nawi was beating up those white people at the end, she was like a proud mother watching her beat their ass. Like that was really funny to me. Um, almost, I was thinking about like if they had a spinoff, just them two just beating ass like that. I would watch it. I would tune in for sure. 
Yeah. Um, so I felt like that was really cool, which also leads me to this movie was very graphic. Um, and that was something that was unexpected. Um, there were many scenes where people were getting stabbed in the in the torso, people getting their neck slit, um, arms getting broken back into place. Like it really was graphic. Um, but I feel like it added a little bit to the story. Um because it wasn't just some like kid movie or like Disney fied movie. Um, I feel like it added a little bit to the the drama of it, but also like the historical accuracy of it too. Like this actually happened. Like this is what it was like to live in this time period. Like people were just dying left and right. Um, like when they were running through that briar patch, I was yeah. like, oh no, I can't do that. I can't do <laughs> it. I think another graphic point was like, um, I think the point of like rape and like women's slavership, I think was like another underlying theme. I think even like her having the opportunity to like regain her power with that last scene where she was fighting Oba, like Oba Ade, like the, he was the head of the other tribe, I can't remember the name of them, but they were over the port. But when she actually like, ripped out his earpiece and like killed him in that like really, really intense violent scene, I think that was interesting in, in a lot of ways because a lot of the women in this time period didn't really have a lot of power or agency in that sense. So it was kind of like a retaking of that in a way that I think was important. Even the way that all those women signed up to have lives like without husbands and children because of that underlying threat. So I'm happy that they brought that up because I think like that's definitely something that's lost on a lot of the conversation about the slave trade. It's just like as far as like physical labor there's like this rape and fear of like sexual exploitation and like forced birth and all these other things so I'm glad that they brought that up especially in the context of this being women choosing to have agency over their lives and kind of how they want to go out with a bang so I don't know this is a little off topic but if the people watch Game of Thrones it's kind of similar to Lena mm. and how she got like blown up by her dragon in the last episode so just kind of retaking her power so it was cool Oh man, that was a that was a double spoiler. There. Sorry. Sheesh. Hey, I hope y'all don't watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> we said spoilers ahead. Yeah, we know. did. We did. We did. Also, we're recording this on a Sunday, so we're gonna wrap up here pretty soon, so we can watch the latest episode of House of Dragon, <laughs> uh, which is great. Have, have you started watching that, Darius? Do you watch it? I haven't. So I was trying to watch like catch up on Game of Thrones and then start House of Dragon, mm. which is you interesting because I was to. actually like, hey. Weapon. I said I would say you don't need to have watched Game of Thrones to watch House of Dragon. I think some of the underlying things may not hit you as hard, but I think it's just as good in my opinion. Honestly, I feel like House of Dragon could be a cool prequel to get into Game of Thrones. Like if you haven't watched Game of Thrones before and you start watching House of Dragons, I would say they're very, very similar. Very. Like the type of vibe that they have, like the depth of the story and everything and i know we're not talking about woman king anymore but um they're so well done i really really liked um game of thrones whenever it was out besides that last season um but yeah i feel the same <laughs> feelings of having my sunday nights booked up because house of dragon is on now so adarius you i know you like good movies good tvs good tv shows so you should definitely check it out it's really worth the watch i might have to tune in after this actually Mm. okay that's good to know y'all might have just told me on yeah dog come on you got to check it out maybe we can do an episode about that another day um but last thing on woman king that i had i thought it was so funny um 
whenever Viola's like right hand woman, um, she was tasked with like doing away with the daughter that she had. And then Viola was like, um, what did you do with her whenever you gave her away? Um, obviously thinking that, oh, this was her child. Um, and then the right hand woman, she was like, the gods would never be that cruel. <laughs> and that just made me laugh because I was like, that's exactly what it is. So maybe they are that cruel. Um, or it was a blessing in disguise, which it seemed like it turned out to be. Also, like, I think you just got on my last point is like the religion piece. I think that wasn't something that was talked about a lot. But I think that moment where not we like grabbed Malik's like cross and was just kind of looking at it like, what the heck is this? Because at that point, like, they hadn't come in contact with it. So I think that was really cool and a nice piece. Mm. I think also like the implementation of their gods, um, just like how they were praying to them and how they were doing those ceremonies with the gnats um, and different stuff like that. I think that was a really cool underlying theme that I don't think is, again, like explored really well in stories of this context. I think we learned about the three Gs in middle school, like God, glory, and um, gold. And I think all three of those are hit. And this would be in a really, really well, like good way. Um, that wasn't so obvious I think a little bit more in line with reality of how it was brought up I think even in this last point when Santa was talking to the king and was like you're going to be irrelevant like no one's going to know who you are so I think that's where that glory piece came in Nawi I thought that was such a touching moment um because it really was like mother-daughter dancing um also, Viola, she was shaking that thing in that scene. Like what? she was really uh, wrapping it up. It was a lot of movement back then. Yeah, it was a lot of movement going <laughs> on. <laughs> um, but on a more serious tone, um, it made me think about like how integral dance is to our culture as mm -hmm. Black people. Like, um, I don't know. It's so freeing to like just be able to move your body and like release energy it almost seems like a spiritual connection, which I feel like they highlighted that in the movie because like, okay, they were these warriors, they were going off killing people, busting up all these white people. Um, but at the end, just as importantly, they were like, okay, let's celebrate, let's dance, let's have a good time. Um, and yeah, they were doing their dance. So I feel like that was a, a cool thing to see and a cool thing to end off of. Um, it definitely has me thinking about like, maybe you should exercise your dancing muscles a little bit more mm -hmm. since it's uh, so integral to who you are as a Black person. Oh, for real. Um, retweet on everything. Uh, I think my final thoughts, I just like to see Black people in period pieces. Mm. Um, because, and I was telling, talking to somebody about this the other day, I think that white people often make period pieces as excuses to not feature Black people. Yeah. And so it's good to kind of have that flipped a little bit. And it's also good to have a period piece that's not rooted purely in either slavery or the civil rights movement. Yeah. Because uh, although I think those are like definitely stories that need to be told, I do think that we're getting a little bit repetitive. Um, and I do think that like that pushes the idea that we're victims yeah. uh, of circumstance, victims of I guess the greater workers of the world or whatever. Uh, but it doesn't really show that we have had agency over our situations. We've had control over our stories, control over our narratives. Um, and that we've lived lives that had nuance. Like it wasn't just suffering all the time. Like we're saying like, yeah, there were tough times like in the movie, but they also balanced that out with like joy and light moments and stuff like that because life just has nuance and especially with black people, you know?
Mm-hmm. Um, that's just a level of nuance that we don't always get to see. But I'm glad that it, it is something that we're starting to like put forth and showcase. So loved it, loved it. 100%. Um, okay, last question for everyone here. Um, I feel like this movie kind of gets compared to Black Panther just because of all of the blackness. Um, I felt like it was on that same level, which I was kind of disappointed in like their marketing efforts because like I said, I went to it like not knowing what it was about or like too much about the story or anything. Um, but I feel like it is just as impactful as the Black Panther. Um, obviously they're different movies, like one is a superhero movie. So bullet to your head or gun to your head, you have to pick one of the two. Are you going the Woman King or Black Panther? for the culture gun to my head woman king simply because Mm. like i just think the historical context is more important long term i do think that like black panther is great chavik bozeman may he rest in peace is a icon but like i think as far as just like this is a story written by a black person like disney movies are still stories written by Mm. so i think like that context and that purview is important when it comes to this sort of thing so i appreciate the woman king for that Mm. i think that's a great answer adarius what about you so I think I would also go Woman King. Mm. Um, and I think, because actually, and I was doing, I was looking something up before. And so the Dora Milaje, the female warriors in Black Panther are, all, are actually, if I'm not mistaken, they're based on the female fighters that are seen in Woman King. Mm. Like historically, that's where the really? basis comes from. Um, so Ted, in a, in a sense, if you hadn't gotten one, you would have gotten the other, but that's not the point I'm trying to make. Um, I think that even in Black Panther, like when you see female warriors, with the exception of like Okoye, who's like the main one, they are kind of just weapons, so to speak, mm-hmm. weapons yeah. with the occasional feeling versus Woman King, where like, yeah, they're badasses, but like they have nuance, they have feelings, they have motivations, and all of that stuff. So, like, they're just a more fleshed out, well rounded group of characters, um, I think. Um, and I definitely agree with your earlier point, Josh, too. Like, they did not market this well, I don't feel like, mm-hmm. at all. Um, because everybody should see this. Um, and I would definitely be in line to go see Black Panther, but if I had to choose between the two, I would definitely say Woman King in terms of mm. which one I want. Two for two, Woman King. Wow. I'm um, going to complete the trifecta here and say that Woman King, I'm going that way, too, because mm-hmm. I feel like it was very impactful in the historical accuracy of it like that's telling a story that actually happened like don't get me wrong superhero movies are important and cool marvel's cool um besides their thor movie um thor 11 thunder do not go see that movie worst movie i've ever seen um (laughs) but i think like having it be a a non-fiction type of movie instead of some like fantasy almost with black panther um it kind of shows you that we are superheroes Mm -hmm. like it shows you we are very powerful people um we're beautiful people we're diverse people um and it's not some fantasy so as much as I love Black Panther and loved it in in theaters whenever it first came out and realized how culturally impactful that was I think on a long enough timeline um this movie is going to have much more of an impact Uh, with it being like written by black people directed by black people all black inside of it besides a couple of people and the white savior um so yeah i i think that this one as a movie 
is a better movie than Black Panther. Um, but they're both amazing black excellent excellent movies as well this is random but shout out to louisa anthony the head um hair department head for woman king too because she snapped um i really love all the braiding um that was really cool yeah well that's all i got y'all got anything else shout out viola davis shout out woman king it was great. Oh, wait. We also got to shout out the Aspiring Abolitionist podcast. You know, we got to shout oh, it out. Now I got to dust her off when I come back. <laughs> well, we will be um, looking forward to seeing what you do in your podcast. Hopefully, we can have you back on the podcast soon as well. Thank you for joining us. It has been a great conversation with you, Janelle Moore. Look forward to having many more conversations with you. Indeed. Um, and yeah, that'll do it for us. So. Until next time, appreciate y'all tuning in to the Dominate the Decade podcast. Peace. Be easy. I fly with the stars in the skies. I am no longer trying to survive. I believe that life is a prize. But to live doesn't mean you're alive Don't worry about me and who I fire I get what I desire, it's my empire And yes, I call the shots, I am the umpire I sprinkle holy water upon the vampire In this very moment, I'm king In this very moment, I slay Goliath with a sling This very moment, I bring Put it on everything That I will retire with the ring And I will retire with the crown Yes, no, I'm not lucky, I'm blessed Yes, clap for the heavyweight champ Me, but I I couldn't do it all alone, we...